Hey, listeners, thanks for downloading or tuning in, streaming, however you're doing it. This is the Filmed in Canada podcast. We talk about Canadian movies. Uh, I'm William Lee, and over there is... Alexander Cairns. How you doing, Alexander? Good, man. Ready to talk movies, Canadian movies, because that's what we do on this here podcast called Filmed in Canada. It's all about movies, movies, Canadian, Canadian, movies, movies. Yeah. I'd like your green movies, movies hat that you're sporting. Yeah, it's uh, courtesy of Movies Brand. You can check them out at moviesbrand.com. Not a sponsor of the episode, but maybe someday. Um, but you just like their fashions, that very that very, very simple um, sans-serif. fashions. <laughs> Typeface for movies, yeah. Yeah, got to support movies, man. Now, the double movies hat that I am wearing right now actually wasn't officially part of the brand until quite recently when they released their third season of clothing. And it was actually considered off-brand for, for a time, but they did fix the lettering and uh, printed it on their on their standard hat. So it's now part of the brand. Why didn't they call it Movies 2? Well, it's officially called a hat that says Movies twice. <laughs> and, and the other hat is a hat that says Movies on it. Or maybe it's a hat that says Movies on it twice. I thought for a sequel, they would just put the Roman numeral 2 on it. Yeah. But. And if I was looking into a mirror, it'd be like Movies, 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 Movies. Infinite movies. Yeah. No, that'd be a double mirror. If I was in an elevator with a mirror on both sides, then it would be infinite movies. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. That's like uh, that's like if you subscribe to Netflix and Crave TV and Amazon Prime, you would have infinite movies <laughs> at your disposal. I wonder if there's anyone who's attempted to watch everything in the catalog. I guess you can't because stuff is always disappearing. Would it be an impossibility? Probably. Yeah. There's certainly more movies, more content available these days than, than I know what to do with. Yeah, it's a bit overwhelming. What movie were we talking about? Or movies? Uh, well, we're going to start with um, a movie by friend of the show, uh, written, directed, produced, edited by friend of the show, Corbin Salican. Uh, we're talking about Patterson's Wager, which came out in 2014. Probably. Something like that. 2015, I think, but maybe. I don't know. On this DVD copy here, it says copyright 2014, but... I think IMDb says 2015. Point for me. <laughs> I don't pay close enough attention to that stuff, so I'll, I'll trust you. The uh, the main star of the movie is uh, Fred Uwinchuk. Uwin? Uwin? Uh, I, always, I always look at it, I always see Uwinchuk, but it's Uwanek? Evan Uwan? Fred Wanick. He's a dude that some people probably recognize. I I never have seen Corner Gas, but I know he's on that show. Fred Uwanick. 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 You'd be a good guest on on Cinema at the Cinema. Because Tim Heidecker is constantly fucking up people's names on that show. I think uh, the main actor is mostly known for Corner Gas, but he's been in a lot. I've seen him in some other... Uh, like Canadian Fair in, independently produced stuff and otherwise. Cool. And Sela Horsdal. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, I guess you could say the the co-lead or the or the uh, or the romantic lead or however you want to call it. But she's also in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are multiple people in the movie. <laughs> there's you know who else is in the movie? Gary Chalk. And I, and he's uh, he used to be I used to see him a lot on Canadian TV. But do you remember who, what Gary Chalk is famous for? Was he no. on Danger Bay? Or I have no idea. Okay, I he, don't know he who played that the is. grandfather. Okay, uh, it just he just had he's he's got a face that I've seen before on yeah, yeah. TV, but I couldn't remember from what show. Probably from multiple shows. Patterson's Wager. 
is about so Fred Uanik uh, plays Charles. He's a guy who has visions of the future, like just two minutes ahead of time, mm-hmm. and and so he gets uh, freaked out by these visions. Uh, he tells his girlfriend about it, and they try to use this talent for their own gain, but um, to, to kind of limited success. Yeah. Um, but it, it's about what does a guy do if he has this very limited ability to see two minutes into the future. Yeah. Um, there is a parallel, or what appears to at first be a parallel story, which is about a family um, that has like this heritage of, of of maintaining the secret, and so they introduce uh, the uh, the daughter into this tradition, which is that they fake evidence that there's a Bigfoot in the woods. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's... Because the great-great-grandfather of the family actually did see a Bigfoot and wanted to protect its innocence or whatever, and so he uh, started this tradition of in, in different forests around the area uh, planting these, these footprints so that people would be thrown off the track. A noble goal, I suppose, uh, yeah. from his perspective. I, um, and I think that character, is, is that who uh, Patterson refers to in the title? I think he's Patterson. I don't know. Yeah, I, actually, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't clear on what the significance of the title was. Okay. Or what the wager was. Or is, it, or is it Charles Patterson and he's wagering on Blackjack? I don't think his name is Charles Patterson, though. Yeah. No. I, I didn't get that. Oh, yeah. but I could be wrong. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was like wager in, in terms of like the big... The big gamble of the uh, of that ancestor that he was going to pull off this uh, this. Um, this but there's uh, also speaking. there's also a romantic wager that ends the mo- or I guess bookends the movie in a way. Yes. So the title is not clear. is is not uh, is, is not one of the titles that has a direct. Uh, you, you kind of have to watch the movie and the, and then kind of decide what the title means for yourself. I think. Yeah. Um, so I, my experience watching it, we, when we met Corbin, he had contacted us about his movie and, and said, you know, it'd be great if you could talk about it on your podcast or whatever. And I think we've mentioned on the podcast in the past that we kind of have a general hesitance to do that and just kind of become a promotional vehicle for, for local filmmakers or whatever. But is it because you don't like to be told what to do? Is, is that basically it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I, I don't know, I just feel like, I feel like it's just more fun if we're just kind of doing our own thing. I think it's easier to, it's easier and more fun to talk about something that you're excited about talking about yeah. rather than something that is just like on the list of things you have to get through. Yeah. Um, so because, because uh, we, we do this podcast project uh, for fun. Yeah. Uh, it, it just seemed like if we, if we were then trying to meet deadlines for uh for new films and and filmmakers and everyone else uh it, it might be less fun mm-hmm. so that's why we've been reluctant to uh, to do that but yeah um, but so so corbin contacted us and then i i just said you know like we're not too sure if that's the direction we want to take our podcast in or whatever but you know it'd be great to to maybe you know meet and go for a movie or whatever and so we went to was it um i can't remember what movie we went to but he joined us at a at a movie at the Van City Theater, ah, I can't remember what it was, but uh, anyway, uh, after that he he sent me a link to the movie, and I sat down to watch it, and and like I kind of felt like when I, while I was watching it that it was this 
like one of these things we had to check off the list. It's like, well, like now that now that I've met Corbin, like we have to have him on the podcast and like we got to talk about his movie and blah blah blah. Um, and it and it did feel like I just couldn't I couldn't embrace it, I guess. And I only got through about half of the movie, and then uh, it wasn't until just like this weekend in preparation for this recording that I actually went back and watched the whole thing. And that first experience of, I mean, obviously only watching half the movie, you can't necessarily grasp in full what it's trying to do because by that, by that point in the movie, the two stories haven't converged. And so there isn't really any sense of what is going on, but watching it in full and actually just kind of, I, I guess I was just in a different mindset this time watching it and it felt more like an actual just sitting down to watch a movie and enjoy it kind of thing. Um, I definitely was able to connect with the meaning of it and um, kind of how those two stories do come together in the end. Okay. Can I talk about um, my initial reservation about uh, taking on, about talking about um, Patterson's Wager? Yeah. Uh, because we had met Corbin and he joined us for that, uh, for the NFB Animated Shorts podcast. Yeah, with yeah. Devin, yeah. Yeah. Um, be, because uh, we'd met him, I guess I had a reluctance to uh, um, to talk about the movie because uh, now it now it seems too close, too real to us. Yeah. Because now I know a person who made a movie, and and he um, did he did he self finance it or it's independently made. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. Um, and that felt very different from talking about something that was made with a. Uh, with a significant budget out in Toronto or elsewhere right. uh, where like, I could, I could comment about a, a, a creative decision that I believe David Cronenberg made. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's going to like, you know, David Cronenberg is not going to be offended by it because, because right. he's a professional and uh, he probably has better things to do than listen to our podcast. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt we could have that kind of a conversation about a movie without holding back. Yeah, but whereas it, it's it's like somebody we know, and it's um, uh, the fact that he's a person who's uh, who's created something at great uh, at, uh, you know through great effort, uh, as we can imagine, mm-hmm. um, and as we can only imagine because we haven't done it ourselves. Right. Uh, so we're commenting on the creative effort of somebody else. It feels. Uh, I guess I felt like what I what I was afraid of is, am I going to hold back my um, my thoughts on it mm-hmm. because I feel like I don't want to hurt his feelings or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was on my mind while I was watching the movie, but then I guess I just had to react to it as, as a movie that I watch like any other movie. Yeah. And I think, um, if I, if I want to talk about it, honestly, we're just going to talk about it the way that we talk about any other movie, not, yeah. not as a movie that, that was made by somebody we know. Yeah. 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 So, um, so hopefully, um, hopefully it's fruitful for us and, uh, and for Corbin when he hears it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I had trouble getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. Though I like the, uh, I really like the initial, uh, the opening scene. I thought it was, uh, well staged. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's like a special effect that happens that I didn't expect. And I was like, well, yeah. okay, this is, you know, this, this yeah, I thought, is I, And I thought the sound design was actually really well well uh, executed in that scene, yeah. Yeah, um, it it establishes the pre- the the premise of uh, of Charlie seeing into the future, but 
I was surprised that I was surprised that it was his initial. This is the first time he's experienced this, and he didn't brush it off as just like, "Oh, that was a dream." He was like, he actually, from that first experience, yeah. he is freaked out, and he tells his girlfriend, "Like, I have this, I have this new ability, and what am I going to do with it?" Um, it just, it just seemed like this leap in terms of well, of how seriously he took it. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think he was still at that in that initial conversation with his girlfriend. He's still trying to figure out: Is it a hallucination? Am I going crazy? Um, like he's, I think he is still uncertain as to what the full extent of this thing is, but he definitely knows that the sensation was that he was awake and not dreaming and that he saw a thing that then happened however long later. The one thing, the one thing that I found kind of confusing there and in other scenes in the movie, and maybe it's just because of the description on IMDb, it's like so and so figures out that he can see two minutes into the future. But the editing or just the time that elapses for most of these encounters that he has is such that it's typically not a full, like, two minutes later. <laughs> like a minor sort of annoyance, I guess. But um, I, I guess within the movie, they don't actually say, you know, it happens two minutes later. It's just that he sees something and then he, it happens. But yeah, I, I guess I wasn't... I didn't. I didn't feel like he was convinced that he had some superpower immediately, um, and it wasn't until the second time in the car when when the girlfriend's there and she witnesses it, and so she can validate that it happened and that you know it actually influenced the future in some way because her blouse wasn't wasn't unbuttoned or whatever. But she also takes like a she very quickly accepts this as as uh, a proven fact that yeah. like that he describes this event like oh we're gonna we'll be in the car and this police officer is gonna knock on the window like that's enough to convince her that he has this ability yeah and that they're going to manipulate the future yeah that, that also seemed like a, a leap like in terms of uh, just the the consequences of what they've experienced um, and, and what suddenly what they believe they could do with it it just uh, it seemed uh, like a, like an exaggeration of 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 what their of the impact that uh, of that is having on their lives, but right, yeah. Well, but then but then that's immediately followed by them trying to, like they have all these they have grand aspirations that it will change their lives or whatever, but it doesn't. It 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 it's after that casino sequence, it kind of peels back and and just becomes a much much simpler exploration of what this ability would have. On Charles's life, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's not really uh, like the premise. If it was done in a very standard way, you could see it just as uh, the gimmick to do like a a detective story. And I bet I bet there's a TV show that has a detective with his ability. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so I'm glad that it's not really about that. It's it's about kind or, of or or it be, could become an exploration of morality and you know they do make their millions or whatever and they and it sort of corrupts them with this ability to um kind of change things and influence their 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 future and mm-hmm. um amass large sums of money and what do they do with that money but yeah so it doesn't go that way either. yeah so those those seem to be like traditional ways that you you could see that yeah. kind of a premise going and and i thought the premise would really work as a half-hour teleplay or as a short film, mm-hmm. um, that it could just ex- it, ex- it could exploit this idea, yeah, uh, for that length of time. So I was pleasantly surprised when uh, when it was revealed why 
this uh, why this character is having this um, this experience. I think it. I think the key is uh, the scene where he he sees himself proposing to yeah. to his girlfriend, and I think it's tied up with this anxiety of if you if you have the personality type to expect the worst. Uh, how do you overcome that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. So you're nodding, Alexander. So I, I think uh, you you also think that that's kind of the key to. What I, this I is didn't. About. I didn't have that specific thought. So I think that's an interesting way to kind of distill it. But yeah, yeah. yeah like seeing seeing two minutes two minutes into the future, in in a lot of like it basically is anxiety. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're just you're yeah you're always anticipating what's going to happen, and so actually being able to see that, then you're confronted with like oh shit well like what do I actually do now. Mm-hmm. And like, can I change this, or and am I, or am I resigned to to, to this, fate, this? The fate that you think you're gonna, yeah, and receive. and 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 perhaps the more pessimistic view of of what that fate will be, yeah. Um, and so, because that was sort of how I was seeing uh, what what the character's dilemma was, yeah, I was I was hoping that the payoff would be that he would face that fear, regardless of what he thinks was going to happen. But the movie doesn't really go that way. Um, I think the character waits till the deck, uh, so to speak, the deck is, is stacked in his favor for him to uh, for him to have his victory moment. I, I don't think it's about him facing that anxiety. It's about him managing it, if you will. Yeah, but I think it's also about um, like kind of accepting fate in a way, or accepting unexplainable things um embracing fantasies and childhood like because we haven't really talked about the whole bigfoot aspect of mm. the of the story and so I, I i feel like i feel like the two of those come together in the end um, and really complement each other um but maybe like i wasn't really thinking about the movie in terms of this kind of anxiety aspect because i'm, I'm trying to remember there was another scene after the after when he when he sees himself proposing to the girlfriend, uh, a girlfriend naming Audrey. Um, there's another encounter at, like at the insurance company where he works, where he kind of, he, he has this revelation that the history or the future doesn't always have to pan out the way he expects. Um, I don't exactly know which scene. Well, cause, cause the, cause the, cause Audrey invites him to, um, go see her parents and he's kind of hesitant to because he's now been confronted with this idea that she's not going to say yes to his proposal but then what do you recall what actually causes him to to say oh yeah i will go with you on this trip it happens after after he has a vision while they're driving the second time he has a vision while they're driving oh yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah that's the one so okay. so he he sees a car accident mm-hmm. But then they stop at the intersection and the car accident doesn't happen. And so, yeah. And so then he has this revelation of maybe these visions that I have don't, don't necessarily always need to come true. And, and so that, that, that becomes like the next catalyst for him to, to think about, okay, well, now I am going to propose what's the perfect moment. And I feel like the ending is just kind of like, it, it just, it's just, it's just a way to bring the two stories together in just kind of a fun, charming, romantic way. Um, but I guess for you, kind of undercuts perhaps the character's ability to, to like do what he wants regardless of what, of what the future is telling him. Yeah, I, I think in the end it almost, it almost diminishes his agency 
in that uh, in his decision what he's going to do because because we get the sense that the visions are true right so it, it isn't a leap of faith it's just um, it is just acceptance of something that you know will happen and I guess I guess that's why I felt like oh okay I'm not sure if that's I'm not sure if that was a very satisfying way for this uh, for the character to uh, um, that is you know I didn't think if he had if I didn't think he had actually overcome his anxiety. Right. Yeah. But I feel like it's also, like I was saying, it's like some, some of them do come true, some of them don't. And I think it's important that, um, I th- like, I, I think it's, it's important to the story that, that, that one actually is true. But I think it's also, um, I think it also says something broader just about, yeah, like our our ability to embrace unknowable or fantastical or potentially absurd things, and because because he has this ability, and so when they're at the campfire, he's able to be like, oh well, you know, I I, I who's to say whether Bigfoot exists or not? Because you know, I've discovered this other crazy thing, and so. Um, the daughter, Otter, she's, she's had difficulty embracing this aspect of her family's history and whether or not she believes in this whole ritual, but she's just kind of maybe accepting that she has to embrace it because it's just part of her family. And so whether or not she thinks that these, that these big feet are actually walking around, it's just kind of, it's a ritual that she, that she feels like she's obligated to engage with to feel connected to her family but then he actually witnesses them and so that allows her to finally have proof and and actually believe in this thing yeah she gets validation she gets validation for her faith yeah but i think validation for your faith i think it undermines the power of faith um I mean, it's because it's, it's harder to believe in something if you don't have proof of it. Right. And, and uh, it's harder to, uh, to, to say, I, I value the things that you value, even though, even though it doesn't, even though that I, I can't concretely explain why we should hold these traditions or values, mm-hmm. but I will respect it. I will uphold it for you. That's a different thing than saying, well, now that I know that it's real, I'll do it too. Yeah. But I think, but I think there's also value in, like in seeing something that you never thought you would see. I think there's a certain satisfaction in like, if you, if you maintain your faith and you, and you, then you get a payoff, you get that satisfaction. You, yeah. You're, so you're, you're vindicated for the amount of time you've, you've put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does that say about, does that say anything about the relationship between uh, Audrey and Charlie? Yeah. Well, I think, I think it, it, it shows that they're, in a way, like with if you if you take away these fantastical things, so his ability to see in the, into the future and Bigfoot, if you take away those things, like those those are functionally metaphors for not not metaphors, but they're they're you know manifestations of aspects of their of their past and of their present, and so the the fantastical elements of the story only serve to speed up things for them i guess sure but without a nice bow on it yeah okay but but i feel like i feel like yeah i don't i i don't know if i'm if i'm describing it the best way that i want to but i feel like ultimately it's about 
their relationship and like their ability to to trust and embrace each other. Yes. And they're able to do that because of this shared experience, but it could happen just the same way because they share a romantic weekend together on a on a river and and that and that just that brings them closer together. And so it's just something that's bringing them closer together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's get into uh, that parallel story then. Yeah. So uh, a young girl named Otter um, is being introduced into this tradition, and until until it began to uh, and the, the the two stories when they when they start to uh, come together, and that's in the last ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, until then, I, I think it's about twenty minutes. I remember 20. I remember looking at the timestamp, and it was about twenty minutes when they were heading to the. Oh, okay. Place. But you don't know that. Um, uh, anyway, my point is just that um, I just uh, I wish that there was a I wish that there was a smoother way to introduce that uh, that other plot strand because because I had no interest in the Bigfoot story right uh, the way it was playing out with uh, the little girl and her father and grandfather yeah um, and then the flashbacks to uh, to the great grandfather's story yeah. and stuff um, I really had no interest in all of that going on okay um, and and this and a, and the movie incorporates a lot of storytelling. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit distracting for me because, uh, well, it was okay when there was like the, the story about, about the great grandfather because it, it does sound like something that's passed down. Yeah. And so uh, it's like a rehearsed story. And I, yeah. I, I think I accepted that. It's just that it took a lot of time. It took a lot of screen time to get through that story. Right. So I guess, I, I guess, I guess really like what it comes down to in a way and 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 maybe you know you you feel like it lasts too long but i, I like i was charmed by it like i okay. i i i just kind of thought it was it was fun to to see this this thing that gets talked about a lot and even is part is part of like bc history in the sense of like you go to harrison hot springs and it's just covered in in bigfoot paraphernalia or whatever because apparently hmm. he's spotted there all the time or or, or it or really? them or whatever i don't yeah. know that yeah okay. yeah so that all those flashbacks and that whole storyline i felt resonated just because because i was charmed by it and and it was kind of and it, and again it was kind of it was it was this external fictional manifestation of the challenges that a father and daughter have in the daughter kind of wanting to define who she is on her own and um you know thinking that like oh my dad's such a loser or whatever like i like or or i'm going to be laughed at if i if i believe in this thing or if i if i um if i still um spend time with my parents when i'm when i'm you know 15 or 18 years old like everyone at school is going to think i'm a loser like i feel like that's that's ultimately the 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 point of that part of the story but you know, I guess if it if it takes too long, it takes too long, right? That's just my reaction. To yeah, it. yeah. I guess it takes as long as it takes sometimes yeah. to tell a story. Um, the back to uh, Charlie's plotline uh, when he has that conversation with uh, his coworker. Yeah, and she relates a story of um, of her brother's um, presenting a, an engagement ring. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a story that. Um, Actually, I felt a bit. I felt a bit more restless with that story than the whole of the uh, of Otter's uh, great grandfather's. Yeah, story. I would, no, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, because that one was a bit long, and also because she was like retelling somebody else's story. Yeah, um, it just it just it just came off a bit too rehearsed. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but the one thing that I feel like is 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 a 
is like a key for for my enjoyment of the story and and kind of how it's told and everything is the mother um telling the daughter about the it's i think she calls it the tissue test mm. and so it's like there there's certain people in your life that you know if you give them if you give them a tissue or a or a scrunchie or whatever it is and you say hold on to this and don't let it drop like how many people in your life can you can you do that and they and they will they will follow your word and not and trust you or 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 that you know that you can trust them to 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 listen to what you're saying and know that it's important even though it's just a tissue yeah um and the 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 tissue for for Audrey is this Bigfoot story and for Charles it's that he's having these premonitions and so again you take those out it could be that you know I disagree with that, but sorry, finish yeah. your point. Yeah, so um, like the the movie ends with both of them kind of embracing the other person's fantastical or unbelievable thing, okay. and they both they both trust each other to know that the other person isn't going to judge them for having this aspect of their life that is absurd or or hmm. not within the okay. realm of of normal reality. But Audrey believes Charlie's ability. So I don't think that there's, I don't think that's based on, on a, on a leap of faith. I don't think that's, uh, I don't think she. Yeah, no, yeah, I, but I, yeah, so it's, I think it's, it's more an aspect of, like, it's more so that Audrey is bringing Charlie into this in her but, past and trusting him. But the way that the story plays out, it's like, Charlie is asked, can you honor this tradition as well? Can you not, uh, can you not laugh at it? Can you believe in it? Right. And and the movie says um, it is okay for Charlie to believe in it because it's true, right? Not because it's a thing that you have to believe in. It's it's you should believe in it because it's truth. It's it's really a thing. Yeah. So I don't think there is. I don't think he is really put out in terms of uh, testing his faith. Right. Like it's just there. There isn't really a test. Yeah. And I think I think just in general the the stakes of the story are are a lot lower than what you might expect them to be like just just like how you said that they don't use the ability to to you know take on some murder case or like i said like i was saying with the, with the casino thing they, they attempt to make mass amounts of money and they don't first off i don't i don't think that blackjack's the best game to to see two minutes into the future with because you're only making x dollar bets every time anyway whereas uh, and you can only double your bet every time and so you would need to put down like ten thousand dollars to make twenty. Whereas if you if you bet on a specific number on roulette, you're going to get thirty six to one odds. And so you're much better to put your time into that. So I, I I didn't see why they were playing blackjack. But anyway, that's just that's the gambling side of me. <laughs> I I do like it. Like what you said is um kind of uh, a low stakes. Uh, what they're they're playing for low stakes in terms yeah. of uh, of what they want to do with this uh, special ability that he's discovered. Yeah. I like that it's about relationships. I like that it's about like how do you how do you um, how do you have faith in other people? How do you trust people? That's what the movie's about, and I, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I guess just just for me, it's uh, the the way it wraps up um, makes me question whether makes like, it too easy for the for yeah, the characters to yeah. to accept the other people. That's that's I guess that's my my main uh, complaint about it. Yeah.
But you, but so you, you watched it twice through, and uh, you. Why well, once and a half? And you, but but it seems like you got more out of it than now uh, yeah. on this full viewing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Patterson's Wager is uh, available. I mean, I got a I got a DVD copy of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's available on uh, Apple iTunes. on iTunes. Yeah, you yeah. can purchase or uh, or rent it on iTunes. I don't know if it's for rent on Vimeo. I don't think so, but probably just iTunes. Okay. But everyone has iTunes. So. Yeah. Um, Even if you use Windows computers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Linux computers, maybe uh, maybe Windows, maybe iTunes is not available on Linux. I don't know. Do you have final thoughts on Patterson's Wager? Nope. Great. Um, it's pretty Canadian, though. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I think it's. I I think the word you used, um, charming. Yeah, I think is appropriate. So. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of what makes it Canadian. There was. Uh, a few locations. Well, there was a prominently like 13th Avenue or something was 16th Avenue. 16th Avenue. Yeah. So I mean, there's some yeah, there's some uh, local uh, locales that people might recognize. Uh, lots of trees. Uh, Gary Chalk I mentioned before. He's uh, he's he's he used to be a uh, a mainstay on Canadian TV. Yeah. Uh, should we give this thing a rating? Mm, infinite leaves. Because it because uh, of so many infinite infinite needles. <laughs> it mostly takes place in Pacific Northwest forests. Yeah, uh, it certainly is um, well populated with foliage. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Cool beans. Okay. <laughs>